Hello, can you hear me? Are you there? Samir? Hello. Can I do that? Mic check. Mic check. Yo, so I know I missed this week's promo cast again because you keep scheduling them without me. <laughs> this one was really, really powerful. I, I listened to it a few times, especially on my way here. Yeah, it was a it was a great episode. I really appreciate Rami Dawood for coming all the way uh, to the Lower West Side to do this recording. And yeah, I hope people enjoy it. We missed you as well, by the way. Uh, just a little bit. Then act like it. <laughs> But you were in Houston. What were you doing in Houston? I was invited by NSJP, National Students and Justice for Palestine, to their uh, yearly conference, and I gave a workshop on the history of queerness in the Middle East. Oh, that sounds awesome. So really, you didn't even want to hang out with us. <laughs> you were doing better things. I ditched y'all for the for the weather, honestly. <laughs> That's cool. Well, let's uh, let's get started into the podcast. Before we get started, I want to introduce the song that Nura so intelligently picked. It's called Who You Are. Fuck, what's going on with me, Dota? It's the caffeine. <laughs> this week's song is How You Are by Dem. And Dem in Arabi means blood. This song and the lyrics in the video focus on the double standards that are entrusted upon the youth in our community, specifically on women. So I hope everyone enjoys this promo cast as much as I did. <laughs> Hey, so this is Noura, and I'm back in the studio with Rami Dawood, who is a local Chicago-based mixed martial arts fighter and instructor. We're here to discuss MMA, masculinity and Palestinian identity in diaspora. So welcome to the studio. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. I love the idea of your podcast and I love you and Samer. So even though Samer's not here today <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm excited for this discussion. Do you want to just let people know a little bit about your work here in Chicago uh, and, and some of the things you're doing with your, your studio? Sure. So I run a studio called Phoenix Sports Empire. That's in the suburbs. And that's a gym that I run by myself. And we teach uh, boxing, kickboxing, MMA. And then I'm also a partner at Foundation Chicago, which is a gym in Lincoln Park. Uh, I run it with two partners, two good friends of mine. And What got you into this line of work and, and um, training people uh, to be fighters? So um, I've been into martial arts since I was four or five years old. And when I was, I think, 16, that's when I started having an interest in showing my friends uh, moves. And I wanted to teach them how to uh, do martial arts techniques. And they took a liking to it. So I enjoyed it. I always enjoyed teaching. Um, I never thought it would be a career of mine. I just 
really enjoy passing on what I've learned to other people and seeing them benefit from learning martial arts. So gradually it ended up just going from a hobby into a part-time job into now my full-time career. So I turned pro at 19 while I was uh, still in school and I, I loved it. I loved the feeling of, of stepping in there and competing. Um, I loved it too because I could walk out with the, the Palestinian flag and raise it up after I won and it made me feel like a superhero. Yeah, so I, you know, I love the fact that you're incorporating your Palestinian identity into your fighting. I know that a lot of boxers and fighters uh, around the globe that share Palestinian identity they're using like Palestinian flags. They're using imagery, imagery in their yeah. boxing gloves and mm-hmm. their shorts. Yes. I mean, it's like Palestine, Palestine, Palestine. Why did you feel like those two identities, as both a fighter and as a as you know someone that's Palestinian, um, why did you feel like those two kind of come together so neatly? You know, in wanting to display that identity, is that just an aspect of the sport, or is that kind of something that that you're personally driven towards highlighting within your work my goal was to use and it still is my goal is to use the platform that i've gained i realized once i became a fighter i had a voice people start to listen to what i had to say before no one listened to me so now i'm talking and talking and talking that's true because you're here because (laughs) you're a fighter (laughs) (laughs) see so this opened so many doors for me every interview i've ever done every podcast i've been on it's not because I'm Rami, I'm extremely handsome, I'm very tall. That's true too. (laughs) (laughs) It's because I'm a fighter and that is interesting to people. So I use the fact that people are interested by me being a fighter to talk about Palestine, whether they like it or not. Um, (laughs) So that's just how I feel about it. Like this is my platform, so I get to say whatever I want and guess what? I want to talk about Palestine. I want to show you where I'm from. I want to show you that we're more than just the imagery you've seen and the stereotypes you may be aware of. We are a whole uh, beautiful group of people with varied interests, and we can do anything, whether it's the arts, whether it's athletics, whether it's academics. We're not limited at all. We can do anything, and one of the things we can do is fight, and we're very good at it. So I feel like that's a really hard conversation for a lot of Palestinians to have because um, we're not allowed to fight as Palestinians. Our history has been the history of an occupied people whose resistance movement has never been seen as legitimate, Mm -hmm. even uh, within the language of colonial, anti-colonial resistance, uh, because we're also in a situation in which our occupier, our oppressor, is the victim of of their occupied nation, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Israel's always portraying itself as the victim of Palestinian violence, Mm -hmm even though this relationship that is is initiated by them coming into our country and feeling that they had a right to our land, to our spaces, and also they had a right to be there without us present. Mm-hmm. And so how that informs you as a fighter, coming from a Palestinian history, which regardless of what we are taught in our families and in our community, just being exposed to Western U.S. media that's always portraying us as the villain that's mm-hmm. always portraying us as like uh you know the um creators of modern terrorism For, first of all i feel that the terrorists are the people who kicked my family out of their home in 1948 and then again in 1967 so i always saw us i told you i like superheroes i always saw us as the heroes in this story and we are facing a very very serious battle and we are definitely the underdogs 
I think Palestinians are fighters, whether they fight through songs, whether they fight through poetry, whether they fight through music, artwork, their words. Uh, we're fighters, and our fight is very important to us. So I think that my cousin Yara, who's a great poet, is just as much of a fighter as I am. You don't need to throw fists or, or kick somebody to be a fighter. I think we are natural fighters as Palestinians, and uh, it just is channeled through many, many different ways. Mine just so happens to be through martial arts. Um, I'm not a very violent person by nature, so I don't have the need to hurt somebody within me. That's not what drives me. I enjoy martial arts. I enjoy practicing techniques. And for me, when I'm competing, I'm just applying techniques that I've learned and seeing if they work against a resisting opponent. So I approach fighting from a different way than many uh, people traditionally would. Want to just quickly spotlight your cousin, Yara Daoud, who is a Chicago-based Palestinian spoken word poet, an incredible artist, and has been showcasing a lot of her poems at venues across the city, so check her out. Before we started recording, you were telling a quite adorable story about your mother. So my mom, you know, she is Lebanese, but she is a strong supporter of Palestine. So when I was young, my mom had a feeling that I would be picked on. And as I told you, she was right. So luckily for me, she enrolled me in martial arts when I was about four years old. And uh, that was the beginning of, of my martial arts journey. It was, it was thanks to my mother who uh, had a, enough wisdom, lucky for me, to know that this would be something that would help keep me safe as I grew up in the U.S., uh, as an Arab, as a Palestinian. You know, my brother's a boxer, which I've already told you. He also did uh, UFC fighting and wrestling. Um, and as I've kind of explored the world, I've noticed that a lot of Palestinians have gravitated towards uh, martial arts. But I also noticed that in a lot of cases, young individuals, mainly men, but are brought into the into the world of boxing to transform their experiences of abuse, to empower them through poverty. And I'm kind of wondering how, you know, that may have informed your upbringing into it. Just, you know, as you're telling the story about your mom, like wanting to make sure that you felt empowered because she was concerned that you looked too nerdy <laughs> <laughs> to survive <laughs> in yeah. uh, elementary school. Mm, that is right. <laughs> so I was mercilessly picked on as a child and after 9-11 happened I was in middle school I believe it was even worse I needed it for myself to give me confidence and to increase my self-esteem because there were certain points in my childhood where my confidence and self-esteem were very very low at a young age in elementary school I was the whole class was being asked where their family was from and you know people said oh my Families from England, my family's from Sweden, my family's from Italy. And the teacher would point it on the map and show the flag and we'd all be excited. Oh, we get to find out where everybody's from. When it was my turn, I mentioned that I was from Palestine and my teacher told me that that wasn't a real country. And then she pulled down the map of the world and showed the whole class in front of me to my humiliation that there was no such thing as Palestine and that I must have meant Israel. And after that, that made me so insecure, that hurt me so much and hurt my self-esteem so much. I hid the fact that I was Palestinian from everybody except my family, of course, who knew and my close friends until about five, six years ago. I was never very open about being Palestinian because all that meant to me 
was being tormented, being hurt, being you know verbally abused, being ostracized, even more so than I already was as a young Arab kid. So without the martial arts, I wouldn't have even had the confidence. The only time I was uh, open about being Palestinian at a young age, which I feel horrible saying this now, but it's just, it's my truth. And I hope other people who may struggle with, you know, feeling like, can I sell, can I tell people I'm Palestinian? Can I, one time that I would be open about being Palestinian and not afraid was when I was walking to the ring. I would have the Lebanese flag around my neck, like a Lebanese scarf and a Palestinian scarf. And after my fights, and you know, luckily I, I usually won, I would raise them up and show the whole world that I was Palestinian. And that was very empowering. And so fighting in the martial arts allowed me to express my identity and to be proud of it. Because when you, after you win a fight, you show people that, yeah, I won. I gained your respect through my fighting ability. Now, Respect and appreciate where I'm from. I'm Palestinian. A Palestinian fighter just won. I just felt like without the martial arts, I might have not have had the confidence to talk about being a Palestinian and what that means to me as much. Being rejected publicly and in school because of our Palestinian identity is something that a lot of us share. I too have a very traumatizing story of being in second grade and having my teacher ask everybody to find their country's flag that was hanging on the um, on the walls around the classroom and to then draw it and reproduce it for like heritage day and I was the last kid standing probably 10 minutes of just walking in circles looking for Palestine because I was adopted and my mom told me I was Palestinian and that was you know I didn't know what that really meant I didn't even know what the flag looked like I just knew I was Palestinian and underneath all the flags had the names of the countries. And so I was looking for Palestine and eventually I got exhausted and I went to my teacher and I was like, I don't see my flag. Uh, Can you help me locate it? And she looked at me similarly and was like, that country doesn't exist. And she's like, this is the country you meant. And she hands me a flag and I go and I sit down and I'm, this is like my first time in my life to express my Palestinian identity. So I grab the blue crayon and I grab my ruler and I'm going to make like the best Palestinian flag. And I was so excited. And so I'm drawing this perfect flag with these perfect lines. Never drew a straight line as nice as those lines since. Um, And I get home and my mom's a single mom, I was telling you. So, you know, she doesn't get home like at 3.30 when school gets out. But I'm like sitting there anxiously until like 7 o'clock when she rolls in. And she comes up the stairs and I'm so excited because I was an ADHD kid and I'm jumping up and I'm like, mom, mom, I got to show you this. I got to show you this. And I was so excited to show her this project that I put a lot of effort into and I grab the flag out of my backpack and I throw it above my head and I'm just glowing with delight. And my mom goes from being, you know, like kind of excited because she sees how happy I am to just in horror and she takes the piece of paper from my hand and shreds it up in front of me and starts screaming at me you're a palestinian you're a palestinian and like why would you bring this israeli flag into this home this is not your flag this is not your country and like throws it in the garbage and you know of course like dealt with it like as an adult with the teacher after but yeah, I'm just sitting there with these two experiences of being denied my identity publicly and then in my home 
being, yeah, in a way attacked a little bit from not knowing where I come from. So I get that trauma. And I think that moment is the moment I became Palestinian and like was like, oh shit, I need to learn about it and I need to have more confidence more because I was afraid of my mom than my teacher (laughs) 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 but I you know I think that like we all have a coming to Jesus moment uh remember Jesus is a Palestinian so yes he is uh, (laughs) we do have that moment where we realize like we're Palestinian and it takes a lot of courage it's I have family members today that won't say they're Palestinian Mm -hmm. And it, it's a real issue in our community. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really powerful that martial arts is a way that you were able to connect to the confidence you needed to then like display your identity publicly and feel empowered by it. Mm-hmm. As we discuss uh, mixed martial arts, I know that you said that you don't see an inherent masculine attribute to it. But we live in a country and a society that does. And we are both also part of a culture that has a very aggressive form of toxic masculinity. And I want to get into that. So how were, how were you socialized in your family as a, a young cis man? I was very lucky that both of my parents encouraged me to speak, to talk about my feelings, to share with them. Um, I was never shamed for being sensitive or emotional. Uh, so, but that allowed me to also observe other Arab families and other Arab people, including my own family, my own cousins, my own uncles. Sorry to put you know some of y'all on blast, but it just is what it is. And I saw how men were pushed to be this very negative, <laughs> this very negative being, like. Arab men, as I told you before, have to do better. And Arab men are toxic. Um, They are physically and and verbally abusive much of the time. They do not respect women. And um, we, we just have to do much better. So I was very fortunate that I happened to be a part of a loving family that pushed me to be They never really pushed me to be masculine in any way. For me, it's interesting, and I I almost warned you before we talked that, hey, uh, I don't have strong feelings about masculinity. I'm not not, um, here as a representative of (laughs) toxic male masculinity. Um, You know, we had talked about martial arts, and I had told you that I don't think martial arts are masculine because my best students are women. And not only that, women learn martial arts at a much better and quicker pace than my men do when they come in as i told you they already think they know how to fight right they think they're tough they uh sometimes don't want to listen to me or resent me for coaching them and teaching them my my women students they progress quickly they are much better fighters than my my male students so i don't see martial arts as masculine i i wish more people did because I understand that a lot of women will probably be afraid to go into a martial arts school or MMA school or boxing gym because of all the toxic men that are associated with the sport. And for men, I would just urge you to understand, especially Arab men, that you being violent does not make you a man. And you being discriminatory towards women, gender non-binary people, and queer people, there's nothing tough or masculine or impressive about that. I think Arab men have a lot to learn 
or a lot maybe to de-learn, <laughs> to unlearn um, when it comes to the habits that are pushed on us. And I had told you before, we were talking. I was talking about Ramadan and how after a day of fasting, whenever I'd go to Arab gatherings, the people who would be first in line to eat would be the men. And I just think that's, you know, my family and I n- never understood that. My sister and I would complain about that all the time. Like, there are children here who have been fasting all day, yet the first person who deserve to eat are the men. Why? I don't understand that. And I think Arab men, we just need to do better. We need to do better in so many ways. We need to stop eating our dinner and then walking off and just thinking our mom is going to do everything. Help your mom with the dishes. Do the dishes. Cook the food. There's nothing embarrassing or shameful about contributing in every single facet of life. And I think we need to redefine what masculinity is is i mean to me like i said it's not important i don't see myself as very masculine it's not important to me i don't spend time thinking oh is what i'm doing going to be considered manly by society i hope i hope they think i'm manly i don't care for me i pursue what i love i pursue what i like and i just go for it and i don't think oh well how will other people perceive this in terms of me being a man or me being masculine so i think the masculinity in arab culture is very much toxic and i would urge people to re-examine or examine their masculinity and what it means to them because masculinity should not mean violence and should not mean violence towards women it should not mean violence towards people weaker than us so that's just you know i have a different take on masculinity and especially i know a lot of arabs do not think this way but this is what i've come to after years of training fighting and just thinking and talking to people women also reproduce these constructs of masculinity Mm -hmm. women aren't just passively sitting by as victims of masculinity Mm -hmm. women are training men to be men just like they're training women to be women and creating this binary structure we're active participants in our own oppression and the oppression of other members of our community how have you seen women kind of reinforce these stereotypes and these binaries that's such a great question, and I'm glad you asked because if I brought it up on my own, you know, that would be pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> um, I, I have a specific incident that immediately comes to mind. I remember when I was young, and I won't name who this uh, family member of mine is, but I told a, a woman, a family member of mine, very close and important to me, um, that I was scared, that I had nightmares, and I was scared to be in my room by myself some nights. This was when I was very young, maybe eight or nine years old. And she told me, oh, I thought you were tough. I thought you did martial arts. And now you're afraid? Like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Of course, this was all in Arabic. But, you know, oh, I beshum alek. You know, she was really like, you should be ashamed for even telling me about this. And I was so hurt by that. And I stopped sharing with her anything like that. Because she expected me to be a, a quote, unquote, a man or a young man. Which meant that I couldn't talk about being scared of ghosts as a child and this was a a loving person somebody who's so important to me till this day and will all always will be but i'll never forget how i couldn't even tell her that i was scared as a child because i was a man and i know that there's a lot of palestinian boys and men who have experienced this who go to their dad i'm scared to go to school because there's a bully picking on. oh what are you a coward what kind i didn't raise you to be like that well toughen up go and it's not that easy It's not like, you know, some of us just aren't very tough. 
I'm not I'm not a very tough person outside of martial arts and fighting. I don't like confrontation. I don't like bothering people. I don't like hurting people. I'm not very tough, and I'm not afraid to admit that. Finally, now they're 30 years old, I can say I'm not tough and and feel okay with that. And I think our generation hopefully starts having kids, and we need to change some of the things we've learned. Even though our parents are all good, great people, and you know, lovely people, a lot of the stuff we learned was wrong. A lot of boys weren't allowed to express any sort of emotion growing up. And that really stunts their growth, their intellectual growth, their emotional growth. And then you have, you know, sometimes you have toxic, violent people because they think the only feeling that they can express is anger. And that's okay to express that you're angry, right? Because that's a masculine emotion. But what is a masculine emotion? What's a feminine emotion? I have a many, many emotions, and none of them make me any more or less of a man. I'm a human being, and I have these emotions. And Arabs and Palestinians, we need to do better for the sake of the younger generation that's coming up. My sister and I went to um, a protest for over the, the shooting death of Laquan McDonald in Chicago. The group of us protesting, a huge group, you know, we took over the streets of downtown Chicago, and at a point we reached and we're going to march on the highway, on the, on 290, where 290 gets to, uh, for those of you listening in Chicago, you'll know what I'm talking about. When you go downtown, you hit 290 towards the burbs. There was a line of police officers there ready to block us. And they had batons and they had the riot gear and they had the shields. And instantly I'm thinking, oh, wow, this, is, this, is, this just got very, very real. And who do I see right in a police officer's face yelling zero fear my five foot two younger sister Sara, <laughs> who I will always say is way tougher than me is way more of a fighter than I will ever be even though she has never stepped foot in the ring Sara is the fighter of the family not me and I was thinking in that moment I had a moment of fear I'm scared like are they gonna kill us like are they they're telling us get out or we're gonna start beating on y'all and Sara's just right there, like, what? What are you going to do? I'm not scared. I'm like, what is mas At that moment, what is masculinity to me? I'm scared. I don't want to confront them. I will. I'll do it. I'm not backing down. But it's not because I'm a man. It's because, one, I'm going to protect my sister. And two, I feel passionately about what we're protesting. But I saw this whole idea, if, if masculinity meant bravery, then I guess my sister is much more masculine than I'll ever be. So I don't, this concept, that's why it's just not so important to me, you know, if it's about bravery and courage, then our Palestinian women, they are the bravest people. And if you're a Palestinian, you should know that our women are the fiercest and the strongest and the smartest and just better because, you know, hashtag men are trash. And it just happens <laughs> to be the truth. So for me, it's not so much an important concept. And I think we need to break this idea down of this bad ideas of what it means to be a man. And I think we should focus on what it means to be a better person. And as men, look at the damage we've done to our own women who will stand in front of bullets for us and like look at how we treat them and disrespect them. So we just need to do better because our women are our are, are real warriors. They are so brave. I really want to talk about more is connecting with the Palestinian community in Chicago. So as I, I told you, I'm always trying to create a community of Palestinians around me because um, for example, when you told the story about your experience in elementary school being fooled into drawing the Israeli flag and being told that you didn't have a people and that, you know, your country didn't exist, 
I thought I was the only person that had that experience. Um, so hearing you say that, that adds to my, that just, it really enriches my life and lets me know I'm not alone. So you really benefit a lot, or I should say, I really benefit a lot from creating a community around me of Palestinian people, of forward-thinking, good Palestinian people, because it's not enough just to be Palestinian. With that being said, when I create this community of Palestinian around me and I meet more Palestinians, it makes me feel whole as a person. It's enriching to, to my soul and to my very being. And one thing I want to do more is connect with Palestinians in the area and, and help them and teach them martial arts um, and teach them how to defend themselves. And not only for the sake of fighting, but for the sake of not fighting. Sometimes Palestinians were pushed and we feel like we have to fight back physically when people mock us. You know, for me, or for many Palestinians, it's easy to upset us. Say something like, oh, uh, Palestine, don't you mean Israel? Like, that's it. And I'm ready to, I'm ready to <laughs> swing, right? So they could use that against us, right? They could, they, could, uh, they could weaponize our own insecurities and our own fears against us to, to get a reaction. And oftentimes it's a physical reaction. And so what I think is when you learn martial arts and you, you become proficient at different combat sports, you understand that you don't always have to fight. You know, when you know that you're going to badly hurt somebody if you fight them, you will really think about who and when you fight. Um, any Palestinian people that are, are listening and want to learn self-defense or martial arts, please contact me. Um, I will help guide you. If you're outside the Chicago area and you can't come to me, I'll help you find a school. And I just, like, want to do my part to help my Palestinian people. And I'm proficient at fighting, so... I can help them learn how to fight. Like that actually really captures a lot. Every day I was being told that I didn't exist. Mm -hmm. When I was in high school, we had like our morning free time hour where like they would give you like news updates and like to educate high school students about current events happening around the world. And it was also during the second intifada. Mm -hmm. So every day there were these images that were always playing in the background, even in my South Dakota school, mm -hmm. of like Palestinians being brutalized mm -hmm. with nobody being outraged around me. Mm -hmm. And when I would be outraged, mm -hmm. I was told that I need to approach this differently, that I need to be more open-minded about my oppression. Wow. Wow. And I grew up feeling so angry. My whole childhood was a series of just like boiling up to the surface and releasing that anger through different ways and fantasizing about violence, using violence against other people, against myself, against anything because like I couldn't control it. I was so unbearably angry and I was being told I didn't have a right to be angry and I need to be I need to think about this differently. I need to use different language to describe what I'm feeling. I can't just say I'm angry. So I really hope that young Palestinians out there use a service, like reach out to Rami, like let, you know, this could be a positive way for you to process and heal the trauma that we're enduring. Not just our historic trauma as Palestinians, but figuring out ways to not just articulate ourselves, but also figuring out ways to use our body to release that trauma through exercise and sport. That's, I'm so glad you said that. And I mean, if you want to learn combat sports or martial arts and you want a Palestinian to teach you, um, please contact me. <laughs>
انا ممكن اني اكرهك ما اسمح لغير انه يحبك مانك تروحي للشاطئ لحالي دواجي عواصف مش راسي عبر امن انا بشيلك محتاجك انا العارف العاقل بالتلاتة طالب بالراجل ولا بالحائط مش لي تاوي انا كل شي انا ولا شي بس كل